Welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. Alright everybody, welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Lots to discuss in the world of the New York Islanders as they begin a critical four-game road trip, including three games coming up this week in Western Canada before finishing out the four-game road trip in Pittsburgh in a big division showdown against the Penguins. Islanders 0-3-3 in their last six games clinging to that final wildcard spot right now in the Eastern Conference. So all of these games are absolutely critical for the New York Islanders, and we at Locked On Islanders will be there every step of the way. We've also got a game, an upset, an Islanders win over a defending Stanley Cup champion coming up on this date in Islanders history. We'll preview Tonight's game in Vancouver against the Canucks, and uh, we will also discuss some of the reasons the Islanders are slumping, because uh, if you look at it and break it down, it's pretty obvious. Now, if you want to join the conversation, shoot us an email, leave your name and where you're from, and send it to LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com, and we'll be happy to mention you on the air as we discuss the topic that's on your mind, or the question, or uh, the comment that you make. Also, you could follow the show on Twitter and contact us on Twitter at Locked On Isles. And you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. And we will keep you up to date, as always, on all the latest news and happenings from around the New York Islanders. All right, let's get started by discussing what is obviously a big problem for the Islanders right now. They have now fallen uh, to 24th in the league in goals scored. Now, earlier in the season, even when they had the big 17-game point-scoring streak, the Islanders were never in the top 10 in goals scored in the league. You know, they were always in the middle third for most of the season. And then, you know, once that 17-game point streak ended... Slowly, slowly, the Islanders descended lower and lower until now they are 24th out of 31 teams. And realistically, what's happening to this team, almost everybody on their roster is slumping at the same time as far as goal scoring goes. I'm going to just read off the top eight forwards in points for the New York Islanders and what they've done. Lately, and you'll understand immediately what the problem is. Matthew Barzal, 
right now has one goal in his last 16 games. Now, out of all the players on this list, Barzal probably has more of an excuse uh, to get a pass on this than anybody because he does have 14 assists over that 16-game span, which is pretty, uh, you know, impressive. That is 15 points in 16 games. You want more than one goal, obviously, uh, over 16 games, but, you know, you take 15 points in 16 games almost any time. But Barzal, one goal in his last 16 games. Brock Nelson, one goal in his last five games. Anders Lee, one goal in the last six games. Josh Bailey, one goal in his last six games, two goals in his last 12 games. Jordan Eberle, perhaps he was the hottest Islanders offensive player up until recently. He's now gone four games without a goal, although in the last eight games, he still has five goals, including a hat trick. So maybe you give Eberle a little bit of a pass, but again, he's cooled off no goals in the last four games. Anthony Bevilier, nine games without a goal. Derek Broussard, 12 games without a goal. Leo Komarov, one goal in his last 11 games and six games without a goal scored. And Casey Sezikis, and yes, Casey, you know, suffered that injury, missed a lot of time. So again, there may be a reason for his lack of offensive production. But Sezikis, no goals in his last eight games. So, you're looking at the Islanders' top nine scorers that I listed right there. The top nine forwards in points on this roster. And one goal in 16, one goal in five, one goal in six, one goal in six, no goals in four, no goals in nine games, no goals in a dozen games, one goal in 11 games, no goals in eight games. At the end of the day, that's just not going to get it done. Right now, the big reason that the Islanders are 0-3-3 in their last six games and that they've won, you know, two games out of their last 12 is essentially that this team, everybody on offense, is more or less slumping at the same time. At the end of the day, no matter how good your defense is, no matter how good your goaltending is, if you don't put enough pucks in the net, you can't win. You can win only so many games in a shootout, one to nothing, where the only goal is that shootout goal. You got to score some goals. And, you know, we have talked many times that the Islanders are too reliant on their goaltenders in order to win hockey games, that they require not you know, perfect games, but near perfect games from their netminders because you look at the shot differential, the Islanders, you know, we talked about it even earlier in the year when they were winning. The shot differential for this team, they shouldn't be winning as many hockey games as they are. And yet they have found ways to win with some outstanding goaltending, strong team defense. But again, you don't put the puck in the net you're not going to win a lot of hockey games. And over this extended slump, as a team, in 12 games, the Islanders are 
seven, and three, and they have scored a grand total of 22 goals in those 12 games. Add to that fact that out of those 12 games, six of them were against teams that were not going to make the playoffs if the season ended that day. And you got a situation where this team is just underachieving, not getting the job done when they really need to. And it's really, again, getting to the point where it's put up or shut up time for the New York Islanders. They have got to get their offense on track and they've got to do it almost immediately to salvage this season. All right, we're going to step aside. When we come back, we'll talk more about what the Islanders need to do to light a spark under this offense. Plus, we'll preview the game in Vancouver and have this date in Islanders history. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, so welcome back to the Locked On Islanders podcast. Let's figure out a few things. Look, Barry Trotz has juggled his lines throughout. He has juggled his lineup throughout. He has essentially replaced, you know, some of those bottom six forwards. Obviously, some of that due to injury. Getting Sezikis and Clutterbuck back in the lineup is helpful to a large degree. But, again, when you when when they come back, they're not in game shape. They're not at the same level they were previously. And you have to take that into consideration. The other issue, I think... And I hate to say this because I am a big fan of Matt Martin. But without Sezikis and Clutterbuck in the lineup, Martin hasn't looked the same either. And his play has really kind of fallen off uh, in recent weeks. And, you know, Matt Martin, you're not looking at Matt Martin to be a top goal scorer in this league. He is a fourth line energy guy, a guy who's going to... Uh, you know, spark his team by being physical and aggressive and, and you know, he'll play smart hockey most of the time, but you look at his statistics right now, uh, it has not been pretty for Matt Martin. The last game in which Matt Martin registered a point, it's been almost a month, February 11th, a goal against the Philadelphia Flyers in the Islanders 5-3 win. Uh, he had a goal February 6th against the LA Kings. His last assist came back on January 7th against the New Jersey Devils. So, look, Matt Martin is struggling. He's still providing hits most games, but, you know, not exactly getting the job done on a day-in, day-out basis. His last plus game, February 10th against the Capitals... So that's 12 straight games that Matt Martin has either been even or a minus player. And, you know, just not getting the job done overall as far as, you know, 11 straight games since he's registered a point of any kind. He needs to pick it up. And I'm not trying to pick on Matt Martin, but, you know, what we're seeing really is a pattern where his play has fallen off without his fourth line uh, line mates available and healthy in the lineup. So he doesn't seem to have the same effectiveness when playing with a Ross Johnston or a Leo Kamarov or a, a, a Michael Dal Cole. And none of these guys have really produced all that much offense. If you look at it, Dal Cole 
10 points, four goals in 53 games. Tom Cunackle, three goals, six points in 28 games. Ross Johnston, three goals, four points in 32 games. Granted, granted that, you know, that's not necessarily their, their, you know, strongest facet of their game. That's not why they play. But you got to get some production from them. And even Jean-Gabriel Pajot, who had a pair of goals in his very first game with the Islanders, hasn't registered a point since. And in six games, he's got the two goals and he's minus six. He needs to step up after that strong start to his Islanders career in the first game or two. He has fallen off as far as his offensive production and his overall play. And this team is in a collective slump. I think they do need to continue to look for different line combinations. Uh, I think, again, that Kiefer Bellows or Oliver Wallstrom probably should get a recall. Add another player who can add some spark to the lineup offensively. I think teaming Bellows with Pajot on the third line would probably be a net plus for the Islanders. Uh, But overall right now, this team desperately needs a win of any kind. And they've got to find a way. This team knows the talent is there. And... You know, again, the problem is this, and I'm going to go out on the record and say this right now. Whether the Islanders make the playoffs or not, on the offseason, when we get to the offseason, even if they make a fairly long playoff run, let's say they win two rounds and and reach the conference championship, during the offseason, this team, more than anything, needs to add a sniper. I have said it before on this show, and I will say it again. This team has two second lines. Now, with Pajot on paper, at least, there is a third line, and they have a lot of fourth-line players on this roster, many of whom shuffle in and out of the lineup. We talked about Ross Johnston, Michael Dalcole, uh, Tom Cunackle, in addition to you know, the, the, the big three of Sezekis, Martin, and Clutterbuck, who have, as you know, not always been healthy. But they have about six or seven fourth-line guys on this roster right now. And when you add the fact that most of their first-line, second-line, and even third-line players are not producing, we went over the top nine forwards in points, you got a problem on your hands offensively. So I would bring up either Wallstrom or... Uh, bellows and try to light a fire under this team that way and during the offseason this team needs to go out and get a bonafide 30 plus goal scorer they need a player who can elevate them they still do not have a real first line on this roster they have a lot of second line talent Barzal might be able to be a first-line center or first-line player if he has the right person to feed. Look, he has 40 assists and, you know, not a lot of snipers on this team around him. You put Barzal on a line with a Alexander Ovechkin 
or, you know, a, a guy who can score 30, 35, 40 goals, there's no telling how many assists he can get. He is able to be a first-line center with the right wingers around him. But this team needs at least one bona fide 30-plus goal-a-year scorer, and they need at least one additional 25-goal-a-year scorer. And it may require them to open up the checkbook during the offseason, whether it's by trade, whether it's by free agency. Uh, they have got to add some important offensive pieces to get a bona fide first line. Because right now, Matthew Barzal is really the only guy who, in my mind, is a legitimate first line player on a winning team. On an average team, yeah, you could get Anders Lee and Jordan Eberle on a first line. But on a good team, on a contending team, that's your second line. And Matthew Barzal could be on that first line if he's got someone to feed the puck to who's going to take his passes and his plays and convert them into goals. Right now, they don't have that. And again, no matter how deep they go into the playoffs or if they miss the playoffs altogether, they need to make those changes in the offseason or this team is going to be running on a treadmill and getting nowhere fast. They need to upgrade their offense, no question about it. All right, we're going to step aside. When we come back, we will have this date in Islanders history and a preview of tonight's game in Vancouver against the Canucks. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, time for this date in Islanders history. We take you back to March 10th, 2000. At the Reunion Arena in Dallas, Texas, Islanders and the defending Stanley Cup champion Dallas Stars going at it. And it was the Stars getting on the board first with Eric Cairns in the penalty box for obstruction holding. Joe Neuendijk scores his 12th of the year from Grant Marshall and Sergei Zubov at 3.59. And the Stars had the early one to nothing lead. But the Islanders do battle back. Dave Scatchard scores at 7.02, his 12th from Dmitry Nabokov and Kenny Janssen, and it's a one-to-one hockey game. Then Mike Keane of the Stars heads off for obstruction tripping at 8.32, and the Islanders cash in as Brad Isbister gets his 16th on the power play from Marius Tchaikovsky, and it's two-to-one Islanders, after 20 minutes, Mike Madano ties the game in the second period on the power play. Josh Green of the Islanders was off for tripping, and Madano puts in his 32nd from Jamie Langenbrunner and Sylvain Cote, and the game was all tied at 2 2. And then another power play goal for the Stars with Brad Isbister in the penalty box for hooking, and Josh Green off for roughing, uh, a two-man advantage, and they cash in. Langenbrunner, his 11th, from Daryl Sidor and Mike Madano at 17.56. And after two periods, it's 3-2 to two in favor of the Dallas Stars, but the Islanders do not quit. Early in the third period, 67 seconds in, as a matter of fact, Dmitry Nabokov, his third from Ole Jokinen and Aris Bimanis, Bimanis, that ties the game at three. We head into overtime, and three minutes, 32 seconds into the extra session, 
Ole Jokinen, his ninth from Eric Cairns and Dave Scatcherd, ends it. The Islanders, 4-3 winners in overtime. Kevin Weeks, the goaltender for the Islanders, he makes 30 saves to get the win. The Islanders get all four of their goals off Dallas starter Manny Fernandez. Islanders took 29 shots on goal in this one. Ole Jokinen and Dmitry Nabokov and Dave Scatcherd each with two points in this game, a goal and an assist for both. Ole Jokinen and Dave Scatcherd were both plus threes. And as far as shots on goal was concerned, Isbister, Jokinen, and Scatcherd each tied for the team lead with four Islanders with a big upset victory on the road against the defending Stanley Cup champions. Islanders four, stars three on this date in Islanders history, March 10th, 2000. All right, so if you're able to stay up late tonight, Islanders and Vancouver Canucks in Vancouver, it's a 10 o'clock Eastern time start. We will record our episode shortly after the game ends, so uh, we should have it for you with your morning commute. Don't worry about that. The Canucks right now, fourth place in the Pacific Division with 76 points. Three points behind the third-place Calgary Flames, but Vancouver has two games in hand. The Canucks also just two points ahead of the Arizona Coyotes, and the Canucks have a game in hand on them as well. So, let's face it, both teams desperately need to win this hockey game. Canucks 10th in the league in goals scored, 16th right around the dead middle in goals against their power play extremely dangerous they're ranked fourth in the league a 23.8 percent success rate penalty kill again right in the middle at 16 percent the goaltending duo jacob Marstr- uh, markstrom is the starter he is 23 16 and 4 on the season a 275 goals against and a 918 save percentage. Thatcher Demko is the main backup, 12-10-2, a 303 goals against, and a 904 save percentage. JT Miller right now leading the team, tied for the team lead with 27 goals, has 71 points to pace the team. Elias Pedersen has 27 goals as well, but only 65 points for Pedersen as of right now. Next on the team in scoring, Quinn Hughes, 8 goals, 52 points. And then Bo Horvat with 21 goals, 52 points. Tanner Pearson also above the 20-goal mark. He has 45 points. And uh, Miller, Pedersen, and Hughes, uh, and Horvat, all big producers on the power play for the Canucks. As we look at their lineup as of... Right now, Elias Pedersen centers the top line with Miller and Tyler Toffoli flanking him. Bo Horvat is the number two center. Tanner Pearson and Louis Erickson are his wingers. Adam Godet is the third line uh, center. Antoine Roussel and Zach uh, McEwen are his wingers. And Brandon Sutter is the fourth line pivot with Taylor Mott and Jake uh, Vertinen. On either side of him. On defense, Alexander L. Edler and Troy Stetcher are the top pairing. 
Quinn Hughes and Chris Tanev are the second pair. And then the third grouping, Oscar Fattenberg and Fattenberg, excuse me, and Tyler Myers are there. Lots of injuries right now affecting this team, including Markstrom, the goalie, a little bit banged up. Uh, Michael Furland and Josh Levo are on the IR right now, as is Brock Basler and Tyler uh, Graovic. So, you know, injuries definitely affecting the Vancouver Canucks now, and it's affecting the way they play. Can't stress enough how vital this game is right now for the New York Islanders. They need more than anything to win this hockey game and get back on track. They quite simply cannot afford to have this six-game winless streak and this disappointing 2-7-3 and three mark in their last 12 games extend any further than it already has. These games are critical. The last time they went on a four-game road trip against the Western Conference, we talked about what they needed to do when they came back with no points in those four games. They've got to get a minimum of four points, and I would like to see at least five if they're going to be successful and keep themselves in a playoff position as we head closer and closer to the stretch run here in this NHL season. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Islanders. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Have a great day, everybody. See you tomorrow.